0: it's time to get inside the giants huddle, huddle, up, huddle, up, huddle up. on giants.com here we go here we go in the giants mobile get him in there let's go part of the giants podcast network welcome to the newest episode of the giants huddle podcast my name is john schmelk we have a new member of the giants huddle family I had a chance to catch up with the nfl combine and meet him in indianapolis now he's joining us to talk some nfl draft his name is chad ryder from nfl.com you Know him well from his four-round mocks. They give him the hard work, not these easy one-round mocks that Lance Zerline's putting out. I mean, no, they, they give this guy the tough assignments. He joins us from Wisconsin. Chad, it's good to talk to you, man. How are you?
1: Uh, I'm doing great. I, I prefer to view them as the fun assignments, uh, like <laughs> the puzzles, the thousand-piece puzzles nobody else wants to take on of some Scottish castle somewhere. That's what I, that's what I do. So that's, that's the fun part.
0: A man that enjoys pain. I appreciate yeah, that, Chad. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Just a reminder, you can find the John Hutto podcast on Giants.com slash podcast, the Giants app, and on your favorite podcast platforms. And remember, folks, if you like draft content, go subscribe to the Draft Season podcast. It's on a separate podcast feed. It's no longer on the Giants Hutto feed, so make sure you guys go check that out. All right, Chad, you had a four-round mock come out about a week ago. You had a lot of trades, man. You talk about having fun. You had some fun with this. And a lot of it was for quarterbacks. So I'm curious if this was just an exercise you wanted to do to see how the draft would look if this happened. Or if you really think, I think you had five quarterbacks in the first round, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. If you think yeah. this is how this is going to go.
1: Well, I think this is what every every mock draft that anybody does is simply one scenario out of dozens of different scenarios that can play out. It's mind numbing how many scenarios you can think of if you, if you think about it for a while, but uh, you know what, uh, every year there are five or six trades in a draft. Mm -hmm. And, And I, that's why I try to project that many, just to give us an idea because nobody, you know, every year it seems like people are like, Oh my God, I can't believe that happened. But I'm like, If you just look at history, you know, stuff like this happens. Last year, for example, I projected the Bears to trade with the Giants so that the Bears could go up and get a quarterback. I don't know how many messages I saw saying the Giants never trade down. It's not going to happen, blah, 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 blah. Well, stuff happens, right? So that's why I like to tell you. But in terms of the quarterbacks, like I like the quarterbacks a lot more than other people do. I think they're all very talented. Um, Are they all guaranteed to turn out? No, of course not. But if you get a 30 to 40% chance of getting a really good starting quarterback in the league, I think you have to take that shot in the first round. Uh, You don't want to rate. We've seen so many examples of teams that decided not to take a quarterback. Then the next year they're looking for one. And the year after that, they're. So so I think I like like Sam Howell a lot. A lot of people don't. That's fine. I think he's got a lot of talent. Um, so I, I project him in the first round. A lot of people don't Desmond Ritter. I've had in the first round for a while. People are starting to warm up to that a little bit more now. Um, you know, same with Matt Corral going early. People didn't think that was good. So I think it's just this time of year. Um, people love to hate quarterbacks and pick all the things that they do wrong without taking a big picture look and saying, look, these guys have talent. We can work with them. Um, so that's, I think the, I think the quarterbacks will go higher than people think. Um, but you know, Teams are weird sometimes, and in, in what they in what they think going into a draft. So no guarantees.
0: Yeah, and we're gonna stick with the first round here for a bit, but I really want to dig deep with Chad because he really does a lot of deep work on this draft. We'll do a lot of second, third, fourth round talk today uh, with Chad. But just FYI, I think if Giant fans see what you did here and they look at the results, they'd be throwing a parade down Fifth Avenue in New York City because you have them trading down with the Saints from number five. The Saints coming up to get their quarterback. And the Giants walk away from this draft with Kayvon Thibodeau, who a lot of people think is the best defensive end in this draft class, depending who you talk to. Mm -hmm. They walk away with Derek Stingley, who by far has the best single year of tape of any cornerback in this class. Maybe not the last two years, but his freshman year. And Charles Cross, who I think a lot of people believe might be the best pass protector in this draft class. Boy, this worked out pretty well for the Giants, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, uh, you know, I'm not sure that the
1: Giants want to get out of five or seven. I mean, because you get a chance to get two elite prospects. And so, uh, you know, but when somebody dangles two mid first round picks in front of you, and if they think that some of these quarterbacks are going to go early, then push some of these other guys back into the middle of the first round then they have to listen, I think. And, um, you know, a trade like that hasn't happened in 20 years. So I wrote that right in the mock draft. I'm like, look, this hasn't happened in a long time, but – you know, things happen that haven't happened in a lot that, you know, things like that happen all the time. So, so it would be really interesting. I think they'd have to listen if they don't stay at the top of the draft. I think that would be a great uh, Kansas City's another team that's going to try to move up maybe with two first round picks. And so we might see some weird stuff going on this year and it's fun to think about the possibilities.
0: Now the giants do want to move down Chad and you talk about multiple picks this year. I think the giants would like to pick up picks in next year's draft, right? Who do you think some of the teams might be besides the saints that could be looking to move up to five and seven, that maybe Giant fans should be keeping an eye on?
1: Sure. Um, Seattle, if they want a quarterback, they want to get ahead of Carolina, if they think Carolina is going to take a quarterback, uh, which isn't for certain. They may trade for Jimmy Garoppolo or something, but let's just say that that teams are going to assume that they – or they don't want to take the chance of losing out on their guys, the way you put it. So Atlanta and Seattle are the two big teams to watch to go into five ahead of Carolina. Uh, so that's, that's the, that's the way I see it playing out. New Orleans is another one. Pittsburgh would probably like to move up, but I don't think they have enough ammo to move up into five or seven. So I think you're limited to teams. And, and, you know, again, the giants probably don't want to move out of the top 10 if they don't have to, unless they get like a sweetheart deal, uh, you know, as, as we were talking about with the saints. So I I think those are the teams that are really have the best shot uh, of moving up.
0: And you imagine that that fifth pick probably has a lot more value than the seventh, just because of the Panthers at six and the chance they pick a quarterback, right?
1: Well, I think if you're, if you're a team not looking, I mean, the fifth has more uh, value for a team looking for a quarterback. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think that's, you know, typically how teams move up. They're looking for teams that have similar needs and they try to get ahead of them uh, to make, to make that pick. So uh, I think, well, another example, for you know, fans of other teams who might be watching, the the Packers at twenty two, everybody in the league knows they need a wide receiver. The Patriots at twenty one, they like moving down, so like I can imagine the Patriots getting all kinds of phone calls for that. So those are the types of situations that usually happen.
0: You know, one other team that I think is interesting for potential trade up, Chad, are the Chargers, the AFC yeah. West has just gone through this whole arms race, right? This off-season. Everyone is trying to stock up. It's by far the best division of football. What a nightmare. If you're a defensive yeah. coordinator in that division, good luck, like right. You know, god be with you. So, will the Chargers you think if they see a couple of those tackles go off the board early, you know, they don't want to have to run out Storm Norton again get a right tackle. That was a nightmare right. for them last year. Do you think they could move up looking for one of those offensive tackles if they do drop a little bit, or do sure. you think they're not going to want to move the draft capital? It's gonna be necessary to do that.
1: Um, the chargers haven't made a lot of trades in recent years. I mean, I, I it's certainly a possibility because as you say, let's just say that they love Charles Cross and they don't think they would they don't want like the, the Texans to take him at 13 or something
0: like that, yeah, or that. the Saints, right? Who or, need the, or the Saints yeah.
1: exactly so. You know, that, that would be a perfect situation. But I think the Chargers have actually been pretty good at letting the draft come to them and pick up guys that fall into their area that people wouldn't necessarily think. I also think that that they may actually look for a corner in the first round as well mm-hmm. as tackle. Um, you know, another guy like Trevor Penning, for example, from Northern Iowa, he, he could fit in well with them, um, and he, sh- I think, will be available at seventeen. Uh, and another, you know, another way that they could do this is they could take a guard and move Matt Filer outside. So there's a lot of different, a lot of different things, or Kenyon green, um, would be a guy. If they look at him in the middle of the first round, they could play him at right tackle if they wanted to, or they could. So I think they have a lot of options there and they don't necessarily have to move up to go to get a guy that they want and give up that draft capital.
0: And to your point, Rashawn Slater fell right in their lap last year and they waited. I I did.
1: I did a, a podcast with the Chargers website and they asked who are they going to take? I said, Rashawn Slater. And, you know, they're like, well, I'm not sure he's going to be available. I'm like, look, <laughs> um, you know, guys like that fall. And that could be like Charles cross. A lot of people think he's a great pass protector and all that, but he's not as big, um, not quite as physical as some of the other guys maybe that that might go a little higher. So y- you never know.
0: All right. Let now, now let's dig into the second round here a little bit. So in the second round in your r- recent mock, you had the Giants picking George Pickens at 36, who, by the way, I think, I think is really good value. Like, if you told me, Chad, in three years, George Pickens has just as good of a career as Drake London, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Like, I don't think yeah. they're that different. So you could talk about those two specifically or just generally. How big of a drop-off is it from, like, the first group of wide receivers to the second group? Like, Chris Olave, Sky Moore, how big of a difference is it? Right. To me... I think that's sweet spot for a wide receiver. And now there's a lot of teams that want them now. So it could well, get dicey with the chiefs and the Packers problem. and that sort of stuff. That's right. You know, in that 30 range.
1: That's right. And and I think you're right. You know, typically speaking at any position, the difference between the 23rd, 24th pick in the first round and the 40th pick in the second round is actually pretty minimal. Uh, you're really looking for a scheme fit or something like that, or a team needs that, that makes some of these other guys, you know, fall into the early second round. George Pickens, could be a first round pick. Looking at the Packers, looking at the Chiefs, I mean, there's a lot of chances of him being a first round pick. But if he was to fall early in the second round, that would be a great deal for for any team that gets him because, you know, without the ACL, and then that's the problem with this receiver class is that there's a lot of talent, but there's a lot of injuries. So what do you do with that? Jameson Williams would have been a top ten pick for sure if not for the injury, and he still might be. Um, you know, Pickens. Uh, You know Justin Ross. You you don't know how high that guy can go with his with his injury situation. So there's a lot of guys like that. And you're right, Sky Moore, Jahan Watson. uh, You know, there's a lot of guys in that second round. Christian Watson, uh, Jahan Dotson, and Christian Watson. I had to mix. I had them together. But by the way, if you combine
0: Dotson (laughs) and Watson, they'd be a
1: hell of a player. That'd be a great player. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So a lot of value in the in the top 50 at receiver. I think this year.
0: Don't miss your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giants games and world-class concerts in 2022 as a Giants suite partner. Limited full season locations are available or place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG1925 or visit Giants.com slash suites for more information. All right. Let's another interesting thing. I thought you would Kenyon green dropping all the way to 39. Yeah. And you know, for a while he was like, Oh, he's the first guard off the board. No question. You know, you watch him on tape and then you saw at the combine. I don't love his movement skills,
1: Yeah, right, which which right.
0: I think, which is weird because he left tackle for them, right? You figured, well, why is that going to be a problem? But I agree with you. I think it is. Do you think there's a legitimate shot that he might drop out of that first round and be available to the Giants at 36? Like, do you think Zion is going to be the first one off now?
1: No, you know, it's interesting because when I did, so I did this, wrote this mock draft like two weeks ago, basically. And it came out last week, right? So it takes some time to get these things out on the street, but you know, I agree that, that Kenyon green's movement is not, is not overly mobile, but I'll tell you what, I've thought about this over the last week or so. And I've thought about guys like Lakin Tomlinson, um, Joshua Garnett, uh, David DeCastro, some of these guys that didn't have elite mobility, but they had the power. And I think teams may view some of that, depending on what their scheme is, they may really love that. So I can see him going anywhere from, like I said, the chargers in the middle of the first round to the, into the forties. Like he, some teams may view him as more of a Cody Ford type, and he went early in the second
0: round. Mm -hmm. So he's one
1: one of those guys that could really go anywhere in between the, the Cowboys, the Cardinals, um, and the Patriots could pick him in the twenties, or he could end up falling into that. And that 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 kind of stuff happens every year, where you're not quite sure if teams are going to be able to match up, you know, their skill set, or um, you know where he's going to end up going. So he really could be anywhere in that range.
0: Do you have Linderbaum in that same area too? Uh, Or will his traits and his scheme fit also scare some teams away where he could have an on, you know, we were talking about him as a top 15 pick three months ago, but yeah. Could he drop too?
1: I think that was probably wishful thinking. And I love Tyler Linderbaum as a player. He's a lot of fun to watch, Um, you know, but the teams are going to be concerned about his length and, you know, um, Garrett Bradbury, when he came out of NC state mid first round pick, uh, I think there's going to be some comparisons to him and, and he's struggled at times with power because of that lack of length. And if you watch Linderbaum, you know, he can fight stronger guys can get into him a little bit and, and move him. So that might be a concern for some teams. Um so I think if you get him late first, early second, like Jacksonville could fall into him like at the first pick of the second round. And mm-hmm. I think they would love that. And he's a really, he reminds me a lot of Ryan Khalil who had a great NFL career as a second round pick, very similar traits. The other thing is is that Cam Jurgens from Nebraska is not significantly different as a prospect than Linderbaum. So a team looking for a center could say, Hey, if we don't get this guy, like the Ravens, for example, a lot of teams thought they might take Linderbaum early well, they may wait and say, hey, look, I might be able to get Cam Jurgens in the second round, and he's a really similar player. So maybe I'll use that pick somewhere else.
0: Yeah, I think their traits are similar. I think Lindnerbaum much more polished at this point, for sure. Yeah, if, for if you, sure. If, if, if you look at the tape and, you know, to your point, you have Jurgens at number 33 in, in your mock. And really, look, I don't know how you see Tyler Smith, but if you see him as a tackle, I see him as a guard. Yeah. I believe Jurgens is your only interior. Him and Green are your only two interior offensive linemen going in the second round of that mock. Do you think there's going to be that big of a gap before you get to the, you know, Fortners, the Canards, the yeah. um, uh, Dylan Parham, Ed Ingram, those guys? Do you think there's going to be that big of a gap there?
1: Well, I have Joshua, uh, as you do from North Carolina, as a guard later in the second round. So I do have one in there. Um, And I think somebody will go in that second round. It might be Parham, uh, you know, some of these other guys. But, you know, if you look over time, there's not like there's typically not like five or six interior offensive linemen taken in the second round. Teams usually wait until the third round and they get like some of the elite guys in the second round and then wait a little bit on that. So it's, you know, a lot of this doesn't have anything to do with how good of a player these guys are. It's more positional value and and things like that, where they can afford to wait a little bit on the interior line. So uh, I think all those guys are talented. I think Kennard is a tackle, uh, honestly. Mm, And I understand why some people put him in guard because he's not like the most mobile guy, but some of the limitations, um, you know, on the outside, they actually get, worse when you move a guy inside because he's got to come out of that stance quickly at guard because that guy's right on him right it's it's different it's different so i don't i think he's probably better on the outside even with his limitations um tyler smith is the same thing i, I can see why you'd want to move in with Gar because he's a really powerful player and i think he's got more but he's got he would be better at it than Kennard because he's got more athleticism so i could see that transition but tyler smith i think is like the perfect seahawks offensive lineman. I think they would love to get that guy because he's huge. It's something to work with. He's raw. They always seem to take those kind of guys. You said that he
0: reminds me of DJ fluker a little bit, right? Right there for a while.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's the kind of the, the role I see Tyler Smith.
0: How about Raymond, uh, Bernard Ryman, who guy you had dropped to the second round. I know a lot. People seem to be all over the place on him. And I I think that's an upside pick, right? Former tight end. He hasn't played offensive tackle for that long. You know, offensive tackles get pushed up. How do you view him and, and where do you think he's going to finally come off the board? You know, yeah, he, he, I, I, he reminds I, I, me, yeah, he, he reminds went, me of
1: the Liam Eichenberg, uh, Dylan Radens. you know, last year in that second round in the middle of the second round, Sam Cosme,
0: right? That type of area, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: I think so. I think that's where he goes. He doesn't have great length for his size, um, you know, he's got some like early in September of this year. I'm like, God, this guy's really good um, you know, second, third round pick all the time. And then I think people push him a little bit or into the first round a little bit too far, but I think in the forties, um, you know, good pick a guy, Indianapolis could use that left tackle. And I think he would be a really good pick for them. Uh, actually it wouldn't surprise me if I see a team move up in the second round, he's the kind of guy that maybe we go get this guy ahead of Indianapolis, something like that.
0: And by the way, to your previous point, um, I work with Shona and David deal over here. And they always drill to me, John, just don't assume you can move a tackle to guard. You know, things move so fast in there. You have to see more in terms of stunts and twists and stuff like that. It's a, you're right. I think people make that assumption, Chad, way too much. I think it's a good point. Um, One guy that's not going to move is Abraham Lucas, the offensive tackle from Washington State. Now, he's an interesting evaluation to me because I think because of the system, you know, he can pass protect but then people keep having Andre Dillard flashbacks the same way they do with Charles Cross, right? Yeah. Is Lucas your best, you think kind of safe second round tackle value where you at least have a pretty good feel where you know what he's capable of doing in pass pro.
1: Yeah. And the first thing I'd say about that is, you know, we've talked with, I talked with dress Swartz about this um, uh, on serious one day and judge the player not the system and not, and not the and not the uniform right it, it's so hard not to do sometimes but and I found myself doing that with him this year and and I had to stop myself and I said look the guy doesn't get beat ever in pass protection he was much more of an athlete than I expected at the combine not just in the drill and not just in the testing but in the drills it wouldn't shock me if he ended up going late one to Green Bay it wouldn't but I think in the middle of the second round, Green Bay is going to be one of those teams looking at him as that guy at right tackle. You stick him in, you forget about him for, you know, five, six years at least. Uh, so I think that's I think that's where he's at. Right? His range right now is, is there.
0: I think this second group of pass rushers is interesting, too. You have Drake Jackson sneaking into the first round at 32 to Detroit. And then, you know, you kind of have a rapid fire, right? Boy, Mafe's off, off the board. Yeah. Arnold, Arnold Bichetti's off the board. How yeah. do you view that kind of next group? And then Ojabo coming off the Achilles injury. He's in that mix. Right. How do you view that next mix of edge guys in terms of, you know, when you think they're going to start jumping off and how you kind of view compare and contrast your Skull test? Because we haven't talked much about Drake Jackson here. And, and I think he's an interesting eval.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's really based on scheme more than anything else. Like we knew that with Aziz Ojolari last year, really talented player, but a lot of teams don't want a guy that size on the edge. Right. And they've forgotten about all the really good players that have played on the edge at that size. So, it's, you know, teams forget this stuff when they're evaluating. So uh, the Giants got a great pick with him, I think at 50, if I remember that correctly. Yeah. Um, and so I think this, this group also has a lot of that same, um, stuff going on. Nick Benito from Oklahoma should be a top 50 pick. He's not as big as some teams would want, and he's sort of a tweener, so he may go a little lower, but I think he's a fantastic player. Boy, Mafé um, showed out at the Senior Bowl. I loved his tape at, when he was in Minnesota this year. I saw him several times. Great stuff from him. uh, Ebe, <laughs> Ebatikui, uh is you know, had a great year with Penn State as well. little undersized again, so I don't really see him as a teams liking him in the first round, but again, second round, really good. That I think that'll start late in the first round. Um, like Green Bay, um, the Patriots, if they move back, Kansas City needs a edge rusher really badly. So the, a lot of these teams late in the first will be looking, and then it'll go right into the second, and we'll see a, a big run. It's a deep group, so yeah. a team can find their flavor. And Jake Jackson, for example, he got – move back and forth all the time at USC. He had to, he was up to 275 played really well. Then they asked him to lose weight, get down to the two fifties and play more linebacker. But now he's back up in the two seventies, which is a good range for him, I think. So if he, if a team wants to play him with his hand down, he's explosive off the edge. He doesn't get nearly enough hype in my opinion. And I think he could go as early as like 23 to Arizona, maybe. But I think if you get him in the early second round or late in the first round, that's going to be a really good pick down the road
0: it's funny you say that maybe I caught a couple of the games where he was a little bit bigger, because I almost thought he'd look like almost like a guy you want to play, you know, more at like that four eye and and, and almost uses a bigger guy. Yeah, which He's is, like which a cave
1: Thibodeau late round, late first round version in some ways, because he's got the strength. He plays really strong and he does have the length to do that kind of thing, but he was down in the two fifties and then they, he went back up for his pro day. And I think that, that that's where he should be playing at because of the of his skill set. But um, you know, that's why you can't, everybody says the tape doesn't lie, but it doesn't tell the whole truth. College teams, they, they force these guys into schemes that they don't necessarily belong in all the time. Another uh, mid round pass rusher, my Jay Sanders, perfect example. They played a lot of four, like you said, four, I five technique with him, that's not what he is. He's an edge rusher. He's got to stand up. He may end up going a little bit later in this draft, um, just because it was a little weird. He got down to 228 pounds at the combine because he got sick. That, that that's not good. If you can get sick and go down to 230, I mean, I'm glad he's feeling okay and it wasn't that big of a deal. But teams don't want a guy to be 230 if they're going to play him off the edge, unless you're Randy Gregory, right? I mean that that gets that gets teams concerned. So he may go a little bit later, but he's. could be a really good player and if you use him correctly and even luke fickle even said that in a press conference like we may not use him correctly but that's our scheme so well you know you can't you can't necessarily judge a team uh a prospect's nfl future when he's not used correctly in a scheme
0: chad two guys for me that are interesting evaluations because i almost don't know what position they're going to play is george karloftis who i think you know four three and but he, he He kind of looks like a three technique to me. And then, you know, Cam Thomas, even out of San Diego State, is kind of that bigger tweener type of edge player. So how do you think NFL teams are going to look at those guys who don't have that bendy twitchiness you kind of want from a pass rusher, but they're productive and good players in their own right?
1: Yeah. And again, every team is going to look at this differently, right? Like the Eagles, for example, I could easily see them taking him in the top 20 because he's very similar To Derek Barnett, another guy that came out of the league and wasn't the twitchiest athlete ever, but he was a lot of power comes off the edge hard and he moves as a linebacker. He's not like Karloff. is not immobile, but like you said, he's not, he's not bendy like a lot of teams like, right? So, so he he could go in, he could go in the top 20 to a team like the Eagles or he could fall out of the first round altogether. And, and it's going to be very interesting to see where he goes to me, like Kansas city, he would be a perfect fit in Kansas city. I mean, he, he's his game kind of reminds me of Jared Allen, to be honest. I mean, he's not quite that uh, tall, but like that power off the edge and just relentless um, strong hands. Now the thing is, is that he doesn't have great length. And that's another thing that might force him out of the first round, kind of smaller arms and stuff like that. So you know, we'll see what happens, but he's a fantastic player, no matter where he's drafted.
0: Giant season tickets are on sale now for the 2022 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seats starting at just 100 bucks. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. I love um, how you see this tight end class, Chad. I really yeah. do. I think in your recent mock, your first two are literally the last two picks of round two. Yeah. And you cannot have two different players going back to back, right? You have Mr. Traits, Jelani Woods. Then you have Mr. Production, Trey McBride. Then you have Greg Dulcich, the uh, the very long tight end from UCLA, going to the Giants in round three. And then you kind of see more of these guys coming off the board here. So how do you see this tight end group? Do you think there's a chance you might not see any in the first two rounds of this draft? And can you find some value in the round three, beginning of round four?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think... I was looking at this yesterday and uh, I think it's a possibility. One of these guys ends up in the top 50. Okay. So whether it's Trey McBride, if the chiefs love him, Greg Dulcich or McBride going to the Vikings, for example, who desperately need a tight end, uh, that's very possible, but um, I don't know that any like Jelani woods is a a great example of a guy who's super athletic. Um, You know, he's going to stretch the seams in Virginia. He was forgotten about at Oklahoma state goes to Virginia and that, it's a lot of fun to watch. I don't know if he can turn a 90 degree angle, but maybe it doesn't (laughs) matter because he just runs down the seam and he just does a crosser where he just kind of takes his time to make that move. Right. I mean, like six, seven guy
0: in the red zone. You got, you got to love that. Chad, I don't understand. How did he run a good three cone? I watched his tape. I'm like, where did that three cone come from? I I don't get it. He struggled even at the combines
1: running, right. uh, Running routes. Okay. But if you think about it, the three cone, that's why it's not perfect. Um, for those who don't know, it's kind of an L shape drill where you're running around cones and you're going in a straight line. Then you're kind of getting around a cone. Then you're going in a straight line. Then you, you, that one turn, you have to go all the way around a cone and then go in a straight line. So there's a lot of straight line there, even though it's used as a change Mm. of directions. So it's not necessarily a one to apples to apples, um, in terms of running all the routes that you would typically want a wide receiver to run. But again, for him. Uh, it's not always pretty, but like that sort of guy, I I can't imagine him getting out of the mid mid third round. And then later in the draft, you've got all kinds of guys who are going to contribute. Kay Dotton from Washington, who would have been like a top 60 pick, probably, if not for a year where he had no quarterback. He got COVID, missed time, then he was injured. He's going to be a really good um, third or fourth round pick. Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin, Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State. So many guys in that third or fourth round area this year that teams are going to be able to pick up, which is one reason they don't necessarily have to use a top 50 pick to get them because they know they can hit that a
0: little bit later in the draft. A couple more positions I want to touch with you here, Chad am I wrong to think rounds two and three is kind of a graveyard for cornerbacks this year? I just don't see a lot of guys I love in that area, especially if you get those four or five that usually go in the, you know, if Kyler Kyrie yeah. gets moved yep. up, if booth gets moved up and McDuffie are gone, I just don't see much value in the second and third rounds at cornerbacks here.
1: Well, I think a guy like Kyler Gordon from Washington, I think he's the one guy. Second, yeah. yeah. Kyler Gordon from Washington. I think, um, Another guy will fall out of the the first round, like Kyer Elam, for example, from Florida. Typically, there's one SEC cornerback that doesn't go as high as everybody thinks. That could be him. Roger McCreary, if he doesn't go in the first round because of his length, then he's going to be a steal for somebody in the second round. He's a really fine player. He's just not the longest player of all time uh, in terms of arm. Tariq Woolen from Texas San Antonio is going to be a late second, early third round guy. Not the greatest tape, but a lot of physical traits that you can work with, much like uh, Ethkelo Willerspoon coming out of um, uh, Colorado, I think a couple of years ago, right, with the 49ers. Uh, So there's some guys. uh, Tariq Castro Fields from Penn State actually – is kind of an underrated player in terms of a guy that you just want to go out there and play man coverage. He can play in the slot, super athletic guy. Um, you know, I don't know if I trust him in his own really too much, but I think if he's, he's a third guy, I think. So a third round pick, for him, just going out and, and uh, you know, covering, just staying with a guy all over the field, he can do that. Cam Taylor Britt's another guy from Nebraska who could play corner or safety, depending on the system. He could be like a Seattle-type corner, just like, trying to take a guy out on the outside. So I, I think there's some value in there, but it's, I wouldn't say it's loaded
0: with talent, no. All right. What position I do think is loaded in talent on day two, chat is linebacker. Yeah. Um, I, Chad had moma, Christian Harris, uh, the, the kid from Oklahoma, the, yep. you know, the 18,000 Georgia linebackers that are coming out. That's right. Um, That's right. I, I just, and Troy Anderson, but I, I do think it's also a deal where you're going to have to fit what a team wants, right? Do you want the right. bigger guy? Do you want the faster guy? Is he a Mike? Is he a, is he a three, four? Is he a right. Sam or will, can you just kind of talk about that group and, and how there's really whatever a team may want, there's going to be someone to kind of choose from in that group. That's right. And,
1: and I think like the Patriots, Leo Chanel from Wisconsin, super athletic guy can do a little bit of everything. Won't be like maybe a top 50 pick, but he's just going to be a really solid pro for a long time and a much better athlete than, than people gave him credit for Uh, the guys that you talked about, Chad Muma from Wyoming, um, you know, fantastic. He, again, another do it all kind of guy just chases the ball all over the field, works well in coverage. Uh, Brian Esamoa from from Oklahoma, not the biggest guy, so he may not end up going like second round, but maybe third or fourth round. But, again, just a guy that gets after the football, and he's got game speed. Nekobi Dean from Georgia is a guy that may not even go in the first round because he does not going to maybe test that great. He's been dealing with an injury, didn't look that fluid in his drills sometimes at the pro day, didn't work out, blah, 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 blah. He's just going to be one of these second round smaller linebackers just going to have a great career. Like, you know, Nick Bolton is a perfect example. Went to the Chiefs in this late second round last year. Fantastic player at Missouri. He's 5'11", you know, and so we're not going to take him early. Well, that doesn't always that's not always very smart. Um so I think there's a bunch of different guys that can fill a whole bunch of different roles. Troy Anderson, as you mentioned from Tennessee State, he he may be a better player on offense than he you has know, on defense. I'll be, I'll be really surprised. I won't be surprised if somebody tries him at tight end. I really won't. Um, as a linebacker, he's a good chase guy. Uh, I don't know if he's the most physical linebacker I've ever seen. So I think he had some – that tape in the national championship game in that first half wasn't very good. So if you, if you watch him, he, he could – and he was a former quarterback and he did all that stuff at Montana State. So it wouldn't shock me if he got moved over to the offensive side of the ball.
0: Yeah, for me, he he's a space coverage linebacker. He yeah. doesn't attack the line well enough, attack blocks. I'm with you on that chat, 100%. Uh, running backs, after Hall and the Michigan State kid, where do you think value starts meeting what's going to be available here?
1: I think one more. I think James Cook from Georgia's got a chance to go late, too, uh, just because teams could use a, a guy like that. Kansas City, they signed Ronald Jones, so maybe Tampa Bay. I mean, Gio Bernard's okay in that role, but I think they might get younger, so they could look at him. Buffalo could use a guy like that at the running back spot. So I think James Cook's probably the next uh, best guy, and then that's a position where teams can really wait this year. And so it wouldn't surprise me if if it was a while before another one was taken. Pierre Strong from South Dakota State, Zamir White from Georgia, depending on the type of back you want. Uh, And again, this this is the same thing with a lot of other positions. Like if you want a bull. You take Zamir White from Georgia because he's a bull. If you want a guy, if you want more of an outside presence, you take a Pierre Strong. You know, I mean, it's just depending on what you want at that position, and you're going to go into the fifth round. There are going to be guys picked in the fifth round that you could honestly see late third, early first, or early uh, fourth. I mean, at the running back spot. So a lot of value there in the middle of the draft.
0: All right, Chad. Let's close with this and, and go for full circle. Give me your most realistic where you think those top four picks in the draft are going to go and what's going to be staring the giants in the face at, at five and seven and what they might walk away with.
1: Yeah. uh, I think, I think you're going to have Aiden Hutchinson uh, and Trevon Walker. And I think one of the, the, the um, offensive tackles will go early. So it's Ekuanu or Neil um, probably one of those two. And I still think one of those quarterbacks are going to be picked in the top four. So those are your top four guys. So that means you're looking at one of the offensive tackles, either Neal or Aquanu for the Giants at five. You've got a Mod Gardner, the cornerback, who would, would be a good pick for him. Um, so I think those would be the main the main two guys. Kyle Hamilton, I would have put to the Giants. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm torn between whether the athleticism is actually going to like the poor four time is going to hurt him because he's a really good player. Yeah. And Jamal Adams didn't test that differently when he came out. So I think there's a chance that a team like the giants could look at him at seven as well as him dropping a little bit. So he's kind of those, one of those weird evaluations. I'm not sure what to do with, but I think those are the guys that they would be looking at if they stay at five and seven.
0: And, and you think Thibodeau could be in, 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 the mixed day, yes, right? If yes, he drops.
1: absolutely. Absolutely. He's, he's absolutely in that range. You know, if he doesn't go in one of those top four spots, I, I'm not sure that he will, um, but cause he kind of reminds me of like a Josh Allen, somebody like that, who went seventh. So, you know, if, if he went seven, it wouldn't surprise me, uh, in this draft.
0: Chad, this was fantastic. I, I love chopping it up with you. Tell the folks where they can find you, your work and everything that you're doing.
1: Just go to NFL.com. Uh, we've got all kinds of great guys doing great work there. Uh, I've got a four round mock. I'll have a seven round mock coming out next week, next Friday. And uh, some other articles, I have a top two players, ideal players for each team. And uh, I'll have other stuff coming out. I'll do my draft grades, which everybody will be hate. And that's fine. <laughs> uh, that comes out immediately after the draft. Like, John, I'm actually, I, that's all I do during the draft is type those grades. And then as soon as the draft is over, I hand it in. That's, I don't, I don't, I don't get time to think about it, you know, as much other than overnight or whatever. I can think about it a little bit, but anyway. So yeah, those snap grades will come out. Um, each day after the draft, uh, day one handed it immediately, day two handed in immediately. So, you know, take them for what they're worth, but, uh, that's the stuff I'll be working on in the next couple of weeks.
0: I said at the start that this man enjoys pain and those snap grades. I can only imagine no one's ever happy with them. Generally speaking, I would think so. <laughs> yeah. You know, even,
1: even your dream job have nightmares sometimes. Right. So, uh, it's, uh, it's all, it's all good.
0: And, and Chad, I think we might be seeing you pop on, on, uh, NFL network a little bit next couple weeks too. Right.
1: Uh, who knows? I, I <laughs> we'll see what happens. But uh, awesome. we have a lot of good. Honestly, uh, you know, we have a lot of good people that do all that stuff. So I'm good, just hanging in the background. I'm fine with that, uh and just putting in my stuff and, and doing what I can. So, uh but if they want me to come on, I'm, I'm happy to do that too. Team player, John. Team player.
0: He is a worker bee. Chad Ryder. Check him out at NFL.com. We thank you for joining us on the Giants Little Podcast. Everybody, stay tuned as we continue to cover the NFL Draft just over a week away on giants.com and all of our digital platforms.